Welcome to Spinning Out. I'm your host, Josh Robbins. This is a podcast where we talk to guests about their favorite albums, and honestly, everything else. Today we're talking with Chris Deem of the bands Everyone and Earth Telephone, and previously of Thin Lips, Year of Glad, and 1994. We talked about Palace Music's 1995 album Viva Last Blues and about Bonnie Prince Billy. We also go deep into writing music and about how touring has probably shaved years off of our lives. It was so great catching up with Chris. They've been a great friend for many years. As you'll hear us talk about, Earth Telephone is finishing up their album, so can't wait to hear that. Another note, Chris played guitar on the new Bad Heaven Limited record, so check that out too. We don't mention that on the episode, so sorry about that, Chris. All right, please check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. My co-host Sarah and I, we talk about records we liked a lot when we were younger and revisit them as much older and jaded individuals. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and get an exclusive episode every week. It really sincerely helps us keep doing what we're doing here. So we appreciate the support. Okay, no delays. Let's chat with Chris. Yeah, I a lot of times it's like, you think you want to listen to a podcast for the thing you kind of started listening to it for, but then you, uh, usually you end up staying because they do a little bit more than like the best movies right. of, you know, it's yeah. like you kind of get that would more. make like, me those bored. are the better ones. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I try not to do that though. I haven't, I haven't even introduced you yet. Um, so I'm keeping all the same. Yeah. That's, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay. So just to officially start it. Sure. Hey Chris. Hey Josh. How's it going? I'm good, man. I um I just went to get a boba in my slippers right before this. So I'm oh. feeling good. Living in the suburbs, you know? <laughs> I feel like I used to really like boba, but I feel like they're doing something weird with the little bubble things, the bobas. Because I feel like they infuse it too much. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if that's the word for it. But I feel like I had like a coffee boba thing, but then like it was like the coffee and then the boba yeah. also was infused with coffee so then you yeah bite it open and then you get a rush of like <laughs> fucking caffeine it's and like it was a like gusher yeah, yeah gusher of more coffee yeah <laughs> they they yeah. have an option they they do have like the popping bubbles at this mm-hmm. shop and i had one with it yesterday they just opened this place like a month ago or something yeah so and are you still living in Philly? i'm in lancaster now Actually, oh, okay. I came back to Lancaster it. has boba places. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I say that without really any knowledge of uh, Lancaster, really. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, there's definitely some, some culture here, uh, especially in the city. Um, and I live right outside of, of Lancaster City. But um, yeah, it's funny. Like, I, I can't think of another place. And, and like, I don't. I'm not a good person to ask anyway. I don't leave my house ever. So (laughs) it's like I leave my house in my slippers for Boba uh, because now it's down the street. But yeah. How far away is that from Philly? um, Lancaster is about like if I took the train, it would be like an hour and 10 minutes Um, driving. If it's like traffic-y, it can take like three hours. But Mm. um, if you leave at the right time of day, it's it's like 
two hours max, hour and a half usually. Yeah. What if you left at like two in the morning? Would it be two It would hours? be an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. So it's really all, it's all. Time. Yeah. It's like 90 miles or like, a, like 70 miles away or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so, not too far. Yeah. I'm trying to put it in the context of, um, you know, but before we go too off the rails, uh, we are talking about Palace Music's third album, Viva Last Blues from 1995 that came out on Drag City Records. And what I'll ask is, when was the first time you listened to this album or Palace Music or Will Odom as a whole? Yeah, so this album was the first time that I had heard Will Odom or... Palace Music, Bonnie Prince Billy. Um, mm-hmm. I was 15. And early. Yeah. And I was kind of like really fortunate to work at this like queer owned, like local sandwich chain. And mm-hmm. they were like super conscious of gender and like sexuality and stuff like that. And then also um, my friend M was like the, now my friend, but like I got hired there and became friends with this person M who hired all of their friends. And Mm -hmm. they were like in their early twenties and I was like 15 and I was already into like, you know, Weezer and Jimmy Eat World and Christy Front Drive. And like kind of, I had been doing this like deep dive at that point on like Midwest emo. And I was into mm-hmm. like, kind of like really exploring that. And then I think M was like, um, go buy Pavement, Slanted and Enchanted and go buy Sunny Day Real Estate LP2. And I was like, okay. And then they were like, come back and, and tell me what you think. And I was like, I when I put on Slanted and Enchanted, I hadn't heard anything like that before. And I was like, I love this. And then it kind of started like all of these people that I worked with would just, would just started like giving me music to listen to um, right off the bat. And my friend Ben, who worked there, gave me a mixtape. Um it was a cassette and it had on the a side it was all of viva last blues and then it had some pavement b-sides some radiohead b-sides like a version of radiohead doing um carly simon's nobody does it better and um like some random just some kind of random stuff some gbv tracks and then the other side was like all of granddaddy's under the western freeway and then like um so like am 180 and like um yeah but it was it was that tape was the first time i heard it and so you know that first track just start it's it lurches in you know and it's like i had never heard anything like that before and i just remember being like what is this? <laughs> yeah, I even up until recently, because uh, when you sent your, you know, kind of picks for it and we whittle it down, that's how the back end of this word. Right. 
Uh, so I, I had recently been like, I really want to explore Bonnie Prince Billy stuff. Like, and then I asked a friend and they were just like, don't, <laughs> you know? And I was like, well, I don't know if that's because like don't Bonnie bother, Prince yeah. Billy was, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think it was more so like they were already on the other end of mm-hmm. it. Like they're, they're like whatever next, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, you're not going to be helpful because there's, <laughs> there's a lot. And, you know, uh, there's a lot and there's a lot of different names. So it's like, yeah. well, should I check out Bonnie Prince Billy? Should I check out Will? Like, what's the best way to get yeah. in? You know, I didn't, you know, I didn't necessarily know, but it's like, I know, I've known who he was like yeah. for as long as I guess kind of a similar thing. Like as long as I've consciously known what this type of music is, mm-hmm. there's, he's loomed around the scenes where it's like, oh, we took the slant picture, you know, yeah. and. And, you know, and I have family from Louisville, so it's like kind of a character that I've seen, but I just haven't spent a lot of time trying sure, to like, yeah. who's this person, you know? Yeah, I um, I think Palace is probably like my favorite of the Will Oldham like umbrellas, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are certainly Bonnie Prince Billy records that I like, but um, I just was so fascinated more by the fact that like, at that age that like something could sound like that and still make it onto tape. (laughs) Yeah. It does have a quality that I don't, it's such a neat spot Mm -hmm. uh, because it reminded me of things that I've liked and spent a lot of time in. And so it also made it weird. It's like, why haven't I done this dive earlier? Cause it's, it's almost feels like it could be alt country, but it's like, too ramshackle it's not folk in a way mm-hmm. that sort of like lends itself to be like uh bony Vare or something you know yeah. i think that's what i kind of thought he was and then then it, i've actually pretty recently i realized oh that song that i heard on that johnny cash thing yeah you know, yeah like and years ago was the, with johnny yeah cash. <laughs> yeah and it sounds like such a different song with johnny cash yeah. like it's it's such a different thing like even though they're saying the same words in it because there's certain things like you know and i'm blanking on what the name of the song is but it's a very well-known yeah, song it's called uh, uh, i see the darkness yeah i, I right? see a darkness yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so it's like i listened to and then I, that's kind of when i realized it when i was listening to that because i was i listened to palace music and then yeah. that was like the next song on and then i was like oh yeah <laughs> and then you know and then it's like there's certain things about the lyrics that kind of like stick out in kind of ways but then when johnny cash says it you almost like gloss over it because he's just got this you know just it's johnny cash yeah, right <laughs> i don't yeah. really need to explain it. but with will will oldham it's like this is such a different song it's just such a unique lane yeah that he is that i, I can't even really explain and then like yeah. as we'll get into like you know having like jason lowenstein yeah on drums which seems really random <laughs> for like his third record and then yeah. recorded by steve albini but i don't believe in chicago i don't know it was in it. alabama so it's yeah. like who is this dude yeah like it's so it's so crazy so strange he walks you're right like he walks all these different kind of paths simultaneously and i feel like because like i hadn't i had never looked into this album beyond loving to hear it yeah. almost in the way that like you on your episode with dan ozzy you talk about you guys were talking about like 
not wanting to find out like what the lyrics mean you know what mm-hmm. i mean and i was like i in my mind this album was recorded they were like snowed in in a cabin in the mountains in in like tennessee or something you know what i mean and they're like and they they just wrote they they didn't even write the songs because <laughs> that's what it yeah. they, they kind of everything almost every song kind of just like falls apart at the end or like takes a little bit to get going and it it feels very i was really really surprised to learn that it was recorded by steve lb yeah there there was another uh record we did on the podcast on uh i'll probably edit let me edit this because i don't want to get the name nina nastasia that's her name Mm. i believe um i'll pick that back up i just don't want to get that yeah yeah. okay yeah there's another episode we did on the podcast, Nina Nastasia. Uh, Steve Albini recorded that, and that's like slightly in that same vein. So it's like, I think he, he has this, he loves kind of capturing things as they are. You know, yeah. like to, it's strength or weakness, to a strength here, but it's like, yeah. this easily could have been its album's weakness. And maybe someone... yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder how people like look at it like if we're younger because I feel like we have things that we can kind of compare it to even if sonically it doesn't mm-hmm. you know sound exactly like it because well with Jason Lowenstein it's like yeah it reminds me of Lou Barlow stuff mm-hmm. and that you know it feels like a tape thing but it also doesn't feel there's kind of a level of pretentiousness some of that can kind of have yeah. you know that this doesn't right you know yeah. it just feels like this is organically captured yeah as it was i and yeah. and it's it's funny that you bring that up because that making a record in a way that like is just a document making a record in a way that's just a document of a moment rather than like making everything sit perfectly and there's virtue in in you know every type of recording but oh yeah but that record to me it changed the way that that I thought about being a musician from mm-hmm. a record, like, you know, and I, I wasn't really, I hadn't even really recorded like in a studio at that point, you know, I was playing guitar um, and I was playing with, with friends and I had bands and stuff, but, you know, we were like, they were like recording projects. Like my friend Zane's dad bought a, like an analog eight track and we would, hang out down there in the basement on weekends and just like make these crazy tape songs. Yeah. And, um, and Zane's were brilliant and mine were like pedestrian at best. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Oh my God. Yeah. Like thinking like, Oh, this could, this could just be like a photo thinking of, of recording more like a photograph or like a, a, mm-hmm. a documentary like and I, lo- I know that's like Albini's style of just like I want you know the record should sound the way that you sound when you play in a room and uh, mm-hmm. you know and I feel like I, I took that on into into playing with Mike Kuhn in, in 1994 that was like such a big part of our process was that like the songs might even change after we'd recorded them but it was just where they were in that moment you know in that room on that day 
and uh yeah yeah and i i feel like i always it's maybe it's me being like older now mm-hmm. i feel like i look back to that era of even when 94 was around and a lot of your peers and i missed that about like that style of music because mm-hmm. it's like any of it that i guess we look back and people call some, a lot of the stuff emo mm-hmm. but it's like it felt like a different thing yeah and it felt like you know there were no recorded to a grid or anything mm-hmm. and it's like it's not to say one's bad or good yeah. but it's like it feels like music i listened to growing up like didn't have a click yeah. <laughs> so it yeah. didn't you know and it yeah. sounded like that and it, it almost too made it feel like more emotional in that way even if i'm talking about a completely different style of music and even back to palace music, right like it it feels like just more human and i think sometimes like when i hear things that are like perfectly gridded out mm-hmm. i kind of like struggle to hear you know the kind of human feeling of it because right. everything's set up perfectly mm-hmm. you know yeah i i i know exactly what you mean because we um we did this we've been working on an earth telephone record since October of 2019. Um, we rented a cabin. I know, I know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we rented a cabin out in the middle of Pennsylvania and we took Evan Bernard out there with us and we uh, did all the basic tracking out there. Um, and we brought our friend Dana along to, uh, you know, film and take photos and and stuff like that. Dana's actually in the band with us now, which is really exciting. We've been kind of, we keep trying to like get our foot out the door during the pandemic, but like, like I was supposed to be down in or up in Asbury park practicing last weekend. And I think Biff and Eric got COVID. So like we we couldn't yeah. go. <laughs> it was just yeah. like we're trying to like oh, we want to play shows, but you know, we all live in different states now and you know it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean I I, I mean I just had that experience. It's like, you know, it, it kinda takes a lot out of you even like different ways. It's kinda like once you kinda get beaten down a few times or see people like yeah. you know, tours get canceled on the road, it's like Yeah. I got to go back. I got to, got to go back to work or something, you know, cause it's like, I don't, what would I be doing it for? Because, oh, and I, it, to no discredit of anyone that's like getting GoFundMes out there mm-hmm. and I'm not about to say anything bad about it, but it's like, I would worry that if I'm stuck somewhere in the middle of nowhere and I had a GoFundMe, I don't know if anyone would donate. <laughs> <laughs> And that's, you know, so I'm like, I would, I would love them to, sure. and I, I hope that if you see your friend's band, like struggling oh, yeah. in the middle of the country, please donate. Yeah. But it's like, I'm, I'm not going to act like someone I, I deserve it, you know? <laughs> but, but so I'm like, I'm like, I don't even, it kind of makes it where it's like, it's hard to even like get going yeah because of all the steps you think that you'll hit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for instance, uh, to make it about me on this podcast that I do yeah. uh, with my friends, um, <laughs> So, like, we just had a show that we had to cancel. Yeah, I saw that. Our guitarist got COVID, and then basically two weeks before that, Sarah got COVID. <sighs> you know, and then yeah. you know a couple months before that, I got COVID, and it's like, you know, I want, I you know, I even struggle. It's like you know, we say post pandemic, and you know, yeah. it's it's hard <laughs> because it's like, you know, I I 
I'm going more places now, mm-hmm. you know, and I think our, our attitudes have shifted about like how we view it. There is kind of like a, we have to remember how in like 2020 right wing people were like, we you got to live your life. Yeah. And yeah. we were like, you fucking idiot, yeah. you know, <laughs> but there is kind of like an unsaid thing of that now with like tours and stuff uh-huh. happening. That's kind of under, it's understandable after the fact we were like three weeks in and they were like, you got to live your life. Yeah. You know, but it is still, it's complicated. Well, I, I think saying. the caveat here is like, you know, immediately those people made it about like, they were like victimizing themselves in the face of like real inequity in yeah. the world, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are so many problems um, and it all boils down to legislation, you know, uh, and, you yeah. know, like a very, very broken system, but I think the caveat there, like you've got to live your life when you have been failed by every inst- institution that, that uh, you know, is meant to take care of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no, oh, we've exhausted everything. It's like, we never really got, I don't, you know, I don't want to go too long sure. on this. Yeah. <laughs> well, we never even, re- I think about it. It's like, we never I know people were like, we got locked down, blah, my freedom. Mm-hmm. We never really did a no. lockdown. I mean, things in closed at like five, yeah. you know, and I couldn't figure out where to get toilet paper, you know, and yeah. that, you know, but it's like, we didn't really stay home, yeah. you know, especially if like, you know, I was like, especially if you were like working in like retail, or if you were working in food service, oh you never, God. you didn't get a lockdown. Yeah. No, I you know I'm telling you, and yeah, you, you know, yeah. But, well, you know. no, I mean, and and the, the interesting thing here is that like, you know, I was living in Philly, I was playing in four bands actively, four mm-hmm. active bands. I was about to have like the busiest year in music in my life, and I was super excited about it. I had a great job yeah. at a at Rival Bros Coffee Roastery in, in Philly um, that I loved. It was a five minute walk from my house. And I was like really in this, in this great place. And then everything that I lived in Philadelphia to be doing, you know, like I, I couldn't see my friends. I couldn't play music with my friends. I couldn't see my friends at work. I couldn't, you know what I mean? Like, and then my mom was working two essential jobs back here in Lancaster, just her in this house with four dogs, you know, and, and mm-hmm. she wasn't able to keep up with you know the actual upkeep of the house and i was like well i'm on unemployment i think i should come home and and help you out you know yeah um and yeah she was working two like she was a nurse and she was working in the grocery section at target and so it was like no days off seven days a week a lot of doubles and she's like 60 you know, she just yeah. turned 60. So it was like, this isn't going to work, you know? And so I took the opportunity to, to kind of divest from that sort of like the, the capitalism that we're fed, right? Like that we're ingrained with that, like your um, value as a human is, is like innately tied to your level of output as a worker. Uh that it's like a very it's like a max weber the the protestant the concept of like the protestant work ethic is like how we determine our self-worth and in how hard we work and uh it's just like 
it was so difficult for me to slow down from the pace of the service industry to the pace of like a, I'm a full-time student now. So it's just like, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> it's just yeah. Like, that's what I think. Like what I was thinking about in terms of playing music, I think I'm remembering back to like, it was like, I don't know, October of 2019 or whenever kind of the last time we played a show. Together. Yeah. It would have been right around that time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you kind of mentioned all the plans. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, you have so much going on, you know, like coming up, you know. Yeah. And uh, but also, I'm kind of thinking about where we kind of. I'm trying to like, where did we go? How did we go from Palace Music into this? But I think the idea at the point was like, uh, I guess we were talking about, uh, you know, drums to a grid. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. kind of, I think the thread that we were kind of pulling yeah. on there was like, <laughs> like doing things almost like. There's no one way to do things. Yeah. And like, I feel like you're fed to kind of go where we were talking, you were mentioning about like capitalism mm-hmm. or like, you know, kind of feeling like it's like I have to do even four bands and maybe you still yeah. are doing four bands in some <laughs> way. But it's like we we're kind of we're always fed a way that we have to do things. Yeah. And so to kind of connect it to palace music, but not, you know, it's like you when I listen to this record, I'm like, you don't have to do anything in any sort of way (laughs) as long as but you know kind of back to what you're saying it's like that that's where this past couple years is like put me it's like i felt like we always were on a track you know like you even more than me like i feel like you know like it's like you were doing so many projects and like Mm -hmm. always on the go and it's like it's kind of like you're told you have to just keep yeah doing it (laughs) right yeah Yeah. and like i part of part of divesting from that like kind of go 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 all the time always be creating content or always be you know always having like a high level of output musically especially musically like i i got sober during all of this and Mm -hmm. and so i'm a little over like two and a half years now um and that kind of like, I didn't even realize, it's like, this is, that's how I was taught to do it. You know, when I started touring at 18, it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like the, the tour is the most important thing and, mm-hmm. and getting back out on the road and, and the way that Mike and I did, it was so, we just did it when we could do it. And, and it was pretty, we, we did a significant amount of touring for people who like worked and had no money, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, like that, that, uh, I mean, Will Oldham generally and, and the palace specifically, I think is like a really good kind of like metaphor for that because it really did show me you know things don't have to sound a certain way you can even as like a player and a songwriter the way that that record influenced me was that it was like I grew up on like really big virtuosic rock and roll you know what I mean like um that's what my parents were into and then they kind of like inadvertently became deadheads. Um, like my dad bought a Deep Purple record 
yeah. the record store and he, he got home and when he pulled the LP out, the disc was uh, American Beauty. Someone had switched the, <laughs> I guess that the, probably the, the Grateful Dead record cost less than the Deep Purple record. So he was like, what the hell is this? What the hell is this? You know, like, um, and I do see a lot of that. Like, I have so many, like, palace music sounds like shellac on quaaludes. You yeah. know what I mean? Palace music sounds like just the Grateful Dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's like, I, uh, to me, it was like, oh, you don't have to be hearing this record and, and Slanted and Enchanted too. Hearing those two records around the same time in my life, but specifically this one, because of the way that, and I, you used earlier the word ramshackle. And I think that's really, really accurate. Um, yeah. And I love, that's one of the, my favorite things about this record is that it, mm -hmm. it walks around like its legs are made of wood. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, this weird like lilting kind of I don't know like it's just so strange and yeah and to me it was like at that time it was like oh you can just have something to say yeah. you know it can just be like the lyrics on this record are so beautiful and there are some songs mm -hmm. on it like um we all us three will ride that song like the, it's just the nylon string guitar and then there's like a little bit of auxiliary instrumentation i think and it's like mic'd up real close but you can hear the room in it and his voice is astonishingly beautiful yeah and at times it is horrendously ugly yeah. And I love that. Like, I'm such a sucker for people who, like, really, really can sing and then don't. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, um, like, uh, like Cedric Bixler's Avala uh, after the, you know, what, like, between at the drive in, like, between Relationship of Command and Deloused in the Comatorium. So, like, between at the drive in and, and the Mars Volta, like, the difference. Yeah in Cedric's voice is like it's like oh you always could sing like this you just didn't and and that was something that really stuck with me too because like you know if you listen to a lot of stuff that I've done to make it about myself you know even more it's like <laughs> it's like I I can sing and make it sound pretty but I also really like when it sounds really ugly I think that yeah. there's a lot of beauty in that that ugliness. Yeah, I th I think like something I've been pulling from people like uh, Bonnie Prince Billy, Will Odom, is just that idea of because I feel like when I'm working on a song, like especially over the past two years, I'm doing a lot of things <laughs> by myself that no one will ever hear. <laughs> um, but like I feel this inclination to kind of like layer things yeah. layer myself layer the guitar layer whatever it is because mm -hmm. i'm like Ugh. and I'm like Ugh, i can't i can't like leave it as it <laughs> as it is like and that's like there's so much stuff here yeah that feels like it's just everything that it was at that time and nothing more and that is so hard to do yeah. like i haven't i haven't been able to even get close yeah to it 
and it's it it is terrifying. Yeah, you know, because you always feel an inclination to like just throw another thing yeah. on it. You know, it. I I yeah. I, that that you're onto something with too, because like a lot of times, it because there's a vulnerability in it, mm-hmm. in like the uh, the nakedness of just like if you were to record a song like with your phone and and it's just you and a guitar or you and a, you know an instrument and that vulnerability and that like the i actually really almost always liked my phone demos better you know yeah. what i mean there's it was just yeah. like especially when it's like i just wrote this i have to record it or i'm gonna forget it mm-hmm. and it, it is there's like a such a like a uh, like a momentary rawness in that that is like really compelling to me and it that's Mm -hmm. what i loved about like the the version of this record that i had in my head the way it was recorded right that like nobody rehearsed anything for these songs you know what i mean like his brother plays like the second you know like the extra guitar more like the lead stuff and there's so much of it where it's like it it seems like they were just like okay that was the, that was it cool you yeah. know what i mean like we're not going to we're not going to do that again cuz it's awesome and it, it it weirdly in a way to me sounds like more it, it suits the songs better than than some like well rehearsed part yeah you know? that's and that's a hard thing i feel like i mentioned that but i'm also thinking about it's like if you were to look at a painting but it, it could be like almost one mark on on the canvas, but you know from looking at it that it's done, mm-hmm. you know. But like, and that's a hard thing because it's like, I don't know what my truthful way of stripping it down would sound like. Right. You know, it's like it's like somehow maybe he doesn't know. Maybe <laughs> we're, I'm putting a lot on it, and maybe he just can't he can't stand listening to how it sounds. But yeah. like in my head, it feels like this is like the work as he intended. This mm-hmm. is the work as it did because there's a there's a certain level of when i'm thinking of people trying this i there there feels like it's like it's hard it would be hard to du- reduplicate this because it feels not honest like and what i'm getting at is like palace music feels like this is who this person is mm-hmm. no matter yeah. what like even as you were going back to grateful dead it's like grateful dead couldn't help but sound the way they right. did exactly you know? yeah <laughs> and it's it's like there's certain bands where it's and i i try and tell that to myself or like other people you know no one's asking my advice but <laughs> if they were then it's like just be the person you are authentically mm-hmm. and i think that's going to be just the best music you've ever made like even if it's like you make the coolest sound in blink 182 yeah. <laughs> songs that yeah. exist it's like if that's who you just are as a person yeah. that's what the world needs because whenever like you feel like someone puts on an affectation of who they are, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, but it's like, this is truly who this person is. That I I agree with you a hundred percent that it it does really feel like, and not just this record, like every record that Will Oldham has done, it's like his stamp on it. He's, he's moving through the world authentically, like as himself. And I think that that's just really great advice for humanity you know what i mean to like just show up with your truth show up with you you know yourself just as you are and apply it to everything 
and and you'll yeah. make something really genuine and and really like uniquely your own i think that's like yeah it's it's hard to listen to that thing in your head that kind of tells you like if you're if that's you yeah you know i it's like i don't know like speaking with my wife she's like how do you how do you actually feel i'm like i don't know yeah <laughs> right oh yeah <laughs> like trying to get to the point where it's like in a relationship or in like yeah you you that kind of thing that you were saying about like moving back to lancaster yeah. you know it's like that was like i feel like a moment of you kind of i'm guessing i i feel like from what you were telling me that was you were like you knew that's what you had to do yeah like, that's the right gut feeling of what should be, be done mm -hmm. in that it, and it took me a minute to to come to that decision because i i really you know i loved the people that i was living with and you know i really loved living in philly but at that yeah at in that moment and and over those like because I, I i came back here just kind of to stay for a little while to help out and then it just felt like where i needed to be so i was like i i historically make decisions like that really impulsively mm -hmm. um and this one was like really pretty planned out you know like i hired a truck for myself and and had help and took several trips back and forth from Lancaster to Philly to like pack things up and get ready to go like on the day and uh that again like you know and that was so early in my sobriety you know I was only mm -hmm. like four or five months sober at that point and so I was like this is so wonderful and uncharacteristically like me <laughs> to actually prepare for something and not just like, you know, uh, roll out of the roll out of the car while it's still moving. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's something that sobriety has kind of given you? Yeah, I think. And, and I think age too, you know, mm. I, and I think that, you know, in a way the pandemic also, having the time to stop yeah. and, and slow down because like I drank because my anxiety was through the roof all the time. And so, and especially if I was like in a group of people and now, like I said, you know, like I don't really go a lot. I, I kind of expected to move home and like see all my old friends all the time and, and, you know, not really like be all the places that I was before I, I moved away, but like, you know, because a lot of them are gone or uh, they were bars, you know, so it's like, and I don't mind being in a bar, but um, I just don't put myself in these like social situations. I went to see um, my sibling DJ. They were, they were coming back from, they moved to Philly during the pandemic. And they were like, this is where I'm going to be. Um, you know, if you want to see me, just like come out and, and, and say hi so we went out and i was standing there it was so loud and it was like crazy and i i was like i don't know anybody here yeah and it was packed in this massive club that was like you know all these different rooms with all this different crazy stuff happening and and um i we were there for like five minutes and i, I think like i looked at my partner and i was like I hate this. You want to go? <laughs> you want to you yeah. get out of here? 
and she was like yeah let's go <laughs> we we went somewhere else and it wasn't like i hate the music or i hate like you know i love my sibling and they're really really talented they're a great dj but it was like the overwhelm the the like i was like so overstimulated that i was just like yeah. oh, i gotta go and and even like now you know I, I used to listen to so much like heavy music and you know kind of after that phase of discovering all of that that great kind of indie rock stuff um and and this palace record like after that i kind of got more into to like really heavy stuff mm -hmm. and i like almost i have to be like very much in the right place to even listen to stuff like that anymore i love seeing it live i um I guess it was last year, or early this year, I, I saw, I went to see uh, Soul Glow, um, who are just, I think, the best heavy band that are doing it at the moment. Yeah, uh, I saw them like Monday. Oh, no shit. Of the, yeah, oh, yeah. they were uh, really amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, phenomenal live act, you know, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I felt the same way, and I don't know... I don't know what it is. It's mm. probably easily like we're of a certain church. Sure. So yeah. it's like, it feels like a cliche, you know, and I'm fine if that's true. Yeah. There's also this thing where it's just like, <laughs> where I find myself like revisiting like Bachman Turner overdrive <laughs> or something where I'm like re, re like hitting yeah. new relationships with things that I almost wrote off, yeah. you know, like it, be it that or, you know, or even like becoming a Grateful Dead yep. fan be like, Oh, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. The punks lied to yeah. me. You the know, like it just, they did lie. They lied so much. <laughs> like, uh, maybe skateboarding should be a crime. Yeah. <laughs> because all of those people lied to me. I don't want them to go to prison. I just want them to know that. Right. They messed yeah. up my life. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. Uh, but what I mean, what I mean to say with all that is that, <laughs> <laughs> is, it's I do find it hard to like listen to like loud music and I and I do enjoy it for like short periods of time yeah. or live like you said and I don't know if that's a product of like the two years but it's just like it's just like I want to chill man yeah <laughs> and, I, and it has but I guess like getting to that though has that gotten you to like reconnect with stuff like palace music oh yeah that and that's that's what I yeah. was kind of getting at too it's like you know I just want to listen to stuff that sounds nice and and is relaxing and not even necessarily relaxing like almost i used to care so much what was playing in the house all the time and now it's like and i used to care so much that it was like on an lp and it was coming through the, my dad's old criterion speakers and you know like and now i'm like hey google's pl play steely dan <laughs> like, oh yeah. my god it heard me i got <laughs> this one right there oh, i i was uh oh that's great that it did that, <laughs> I, um, forgot that I was, was at like uh i was on a beach trip with my in-laws and there was like it was like just weather report came on mm. and i was just like we gotta stay here for a few minutes yeah. you know <laughs> like and they're like what because it's like they didn't even like yeah you know, they, they kind of know what it was, but that wasn't like mainstream. So they're like, what is he, what is 
going through where yeah. like there was a Santana song that came oh, on yeah. that was like an 80s Santana song with like uh, they had like a I think he's uh, either British or Irish singer at some point mm-hmm. and then I was like kind of googling that era of just yeah. like looking up that era of Santana just like so like detached from this idea of you know I don't know if you had it as much as I did but it's like you kind of felt like everything had to be in like these neat boxes. Yeah. Um, you know, it was kind of like, is this punk? Can mm-hmm. I listen to this? Or like, yeah. I'm going to try and convince a friend that, you know, to listen to drive by truckers because like, Oh, I think you'll like this because I think these guys used to grow up punk. Like you had to caveat yeah. everything, whatever, whatever it was. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I think yeah. like almost in a way I'm like kind of disillusioned by like, I'm definitely disillusioned by punk as like an aesthetic um yeah or like the punk esthete where it's like i like punk to me is is like anything can be punk you know i think like it's an ideology more than it is like a sound or uh, like an aesthetic and so I, i've always tried to kind of hang on to that but i did have that very much like if it's you know if it's not punk it's not worth a damn it's not worth a listen if if you like I, I, the way that in the ways that, in, in as much as it's like the way we prescribe our our value sets on other people and and other like groups of people you know um but like i don't know i grew up like i said you know this like it, to be good it meant like you kind of had to be really really like prodigious you know what I mean? Like you had to be kind of like this unbelievable musician just to be good. And and it wasn't like something that it, it's just like what I was hearing, the music that mm-hmm. I was hearing, like Queen and ACDC and Black Sabbath and, you know, all of this stuff. And, and then, you know, like the, the antithesis to that was the Grateful Dead was, was, like the exact opposite not that those people aren't unbelievable players but it wasn't this like we're gonna get it we're gonna do it until we get it right and it's gonna sound perfect and i think that's what drew me to the grateful dead in the first place i think that like you know the rawness of like bleach was was something that really drew me to nirvana in the first place um but just to to be like it's okay. We can just play a song, you know, <laughs> it doesn't have to be this. Yeah. Yeah. Like I watched a, I yeah. watched a YouTube video of Brian May earlier today playing the guitar solo from killer queen. And he like flubs a note and he like looks up. He's, he's adorable. And he, he looks up and he like, he's like, Ooh, he looks at the right into the camera. And he's like, I've, I made a mistake. Uh, you can see it in his face and then he's like it's all about the mistakes anyway and i was like that's it yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean that is like totally what drew us into a lot of either subcultury things or i feel like even like just i don't like i mentioned like johnny cash Mm -hmm. i think like when i heard that as a kid like i was like uh, sweeping at like a mechanic shop for when I was like 13 years old yeah. working yeah. you know and then I was like what is this you know because yeah. it's like you didn't have that relationship with it and it just didn't feel completely right you know and then so 
and then a lot of times like people were kind of pushing that in like punk circles and all that stuff so it wasn't that far off mm-hmm. but that was like the point of it being like it didn't have to be a certain thing and there was this idea of like oh this is kind of this is punk this is punk and this is punk but I, where i've even like grown past it where it's like it doesn't matter if it's punk. right yeah <laughs> you know i don't because i feel like there's a thing we we do i mean i've done it i've seen people do it it's almost like a joke where you know it's like skiing is punk yeah yeah. You know, and it's like, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, and like, you know, and it's like, yeah, they, these being your authentic self and being like mm-hmm. who you are and kind of like creating off of that. Like, I, I totally believe that, you know, Will Odom had a punk quotes, you know, kind of mm-hmm. upbringing, like, you know, growing up with slant dudes, like I bet was at like almost every squirrel bait show, right. you know, and yeah. like. That was they like Louisville has like had and has like a huge punk scene, mm-hmm. but just to be like, we're gonna create this music that is all our authentic self. Like, I want to like carry with me. And yeah. I know I've repeated it so much because it's just almost been like a mantra. Even like you know, even if I can barely get myself off the couch yeah. to like, you know, play my instrument, yep. but it's it's something <laughs> in my head that's like, you gotta do that because. And kind of bad. I'm going off track because I was thinking about something when you said like being a virtuoso of mm-hmm. like playing music where I was like, I'll never be that. So I have to like, I don't know, like sleep in the van and not shower. Yeah. That's almost like the exchange. Right. Like I, I won't, I can't do arpeggios or yeah. whatever. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so I don't know these scales. So I better sleep in the van. Yeah. That's almost like something I did. And, and I feel like people do that where it's like, yeah. I see people talk about it like on Twitter where they'll be mm-hmm. like, you know, they were going after some band about like yeah. not sleeping in the van, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's like, you don't have to do that to be good. You know, no. that doesn't like get you to the next level and that's suffering. And I, I think that, um, I think that it's that, that mentality. Cause I, I like participated in that a little bit on Twitter and just kind of was like, this was my experience with Mm -hmm. that and and you know it's the reason that i'm like nearly 40 and i'm broke and uh, my body doesn't work and you know and my brain doesn't work (laughs) it's like but beyond that i think that it is really kind of antithetical to punk that mentality of like if you don't do this thing then you're not you know uh, that exclusionary it, it kind of the, a lot so much of the replies that I saw and the people that were like coming for for Wednesday the band um yeah that's yeah that is what we're yeah talking about. yeah I mean and yeah. it was just yeah. kind of like they were like it, it it's like it's it's a it's sa- it's about safety and community and like I've slept in so many places where I was like this is where I'm gonna die you know like i've been in so many situations where i'm like we're gonna let this ride but like we might not you know better make peace with your god (laughs) yeah i've slept i've slept in the van so many times in like baltimore or new york and Mm -hmm. i don't view it now i mean i'm telling and i guess in a way there's like a badge of honor but Mm -hmm. i remember a time that uh somewhat you know they were going up to the place we're staying i was like i'll just stay in the van Mm -hmm. And uh, they were like, you know, if someone breaks into the van, instead of stealing all our, the, our all of our stuff, they're going to just kill you. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and I, I was like, oh, oh I had yeah. never thought about yeah. it. Like, like it was like, you know, I thought I was going to like protect the stuff and not like, yeah. I feel like, you know, it was just by being there, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's not a badge of honor, like waking up right. but we were told know, in the summer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And <laughs> this is up until like basically the last tour I went on, you know, mm-hmm. like I was, I, it's, I, I know it was like Richmond and I would often like sleep in the van and I woke up and like sweat, mm-hmm. you know, this was probably like summer of 2019. Yeah. And it was just something that kind of told yourself that you had to do to get, I, I don't even know where I was get, you know, yeah. where I was supposed to, it was supposed to get us, yeah. you know? Right. Or like, what am I going to do? Like more likely, more than likely, like I, I'm, I'm going to die. <laughs> if someone, yeah. like, have you ever been, have you ever, have you ever been sleeping in the van when somebody tried to break in? Luckily, no. Yeah. I mean, only the most I've had is just people are just having like conversations mm-hmm. outside the van, but that's not to any, yeah. they, they don't assume some guy's just sleeping in yeah. the van. But yeah, I've luckily, you know, like even you luckily, no. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, it, it's terrifying. And that, that kind of, you know, or just even just staying with people that you don't know it's it's like i've been in so many sketchy situations just because we needed a place to stay and yeah like i i've been i've been in those situations so many times and it's like no i think we were told that that's like a badge of honor right like that we you're so punk if you do this and if you don't then you're not and um without you know and to me it was like a, a bunch of people who weren't really maybe not ever having to consider th- their safety, you know? And, you know, it's like, there's no, I, you know, I wish I could have gotten a hotel room every night. If I got in hotel rooms yeah. every night, I'd still be on tour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's tough when you're not, I mean, I, I think like, I was like, Oh, if I go back on the road, I'm going to get a more like we were at a point where it was like, you know, if we could get a hotel room, like, I don't know, like once in a tour, mm-hmm. or like twice in a tour, you know, it's like, but I still felt guilt. Like I was like t- stealing money from the band, you know, sure. uh, and yeah. it's such a strange thing. And also like if a band is getting hotel rooms, I, a story I, I think I've told uh, on here before, but like I had a friend that was like touring on a bus mm-hmm. and so they were telling me a tour story and in my head, I'm like, I don't really care about the store, even, you know, like yeah. this is not that long ago. Cause I was like, there's not going to be enough heartache, in this. Yeah. you know? And then he told me, he told me the story where it was like, he basically, they drove or walked to a uh, Taco Bell and he cried into like his, his Taco Bell yeah. from being on the road. And I was just like, you're just like me. Yeah. yeah. And I was, but then it also too. was just like, was like oh no it never ends Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it was like i would be like oh if there's like a bubble they're in the next level you know Mm -hmm. it's like yeah just that kind of thing of uh just looking at somebody on another level and just thinking they have it easier Mm -hmm. and their easier is still like if if you got to a point of paying your bills from your band which i've never been anywhere close to oh god no yeah you're still (laughs) the poorest person around yeah yeah (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Living in, in abject poverty for the sake of putting a couple of tracks on vinyl. It's like, <laughs> and, and getting on the road, but it's more than that. I think, you know, right. Like it's, it is, it's like 
the places where it was safe were were like some are still some of the most important places in the world to me you know like even just the places where i feel like i i have community like we we had a band meeting the other night and we were like where can we go where we'll just see our friends you know what i mean like and and we just started listing places where it's like i know if we go here 20 people will come you know and and you know and it I know if we go here, I don't know how many, how many people will come. So, oh, excuse me. <laughs> um, but it's it's just really it's so difficult. Like, there's no like that kind of like. Did you ever read that article that Steve Albini wrote about why no band should should sign a major label contract? Yeah, about like and it's like he equates the fight for for a contract a record contract to like wading through shit <laughs> it's like wading through a river of shit and like that's just part of it and it's like yeah okay yeah i get it and and i read that pretty early on so i was like okay um but just that like if you're going out if your band is going out and making like 10 grand a night or you know even more than that in some cases and then you're paying your opener 150 bucks like you're jeff bezos i don't care you know i mean you can't change my mind you know (laughs) yeah 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 it is it is strange that um we kind of take ourselves out of like you know by touring let's say it's like the the wild west or whatever you know but it's still like you've still molded into these fucked up capitalistic systems you know and Mm -hmm. i think also the kind of lie that we're kind of told is like well this band kind of worked harder and you know we're able to get to that point so that you know one day you'll be there Mm -hmm. yeah and then you know so then yeah it does become like a jeff bezos kind of system where it's like if you work as hard as jeff Mm -hmm then you know you'll you'll be the guy you'll making achieve the dream. 10 grand a night yeah it, it's a strange thing because it starts feeling like it's like it's not as inclusive as we were fed you know and it's like and it's not even like as hard for you know like me as a cis male right you know? sure like uh, so i can't even imagine like mm-hmm. you know there are tons of people that really can't safely stay in their van at night oh my god yeah because of the color of their skin because you know Mm -hmm. they are women or you know they're whatever it may be you know like it's not safe yeah (laughs) or even like you know people that i've talked to that are are trans or non-binary and touring in a place like what even just like walking into the wrong truck stop could be a potentially dangerous situation you know what i mean like any any and and so the vulnerability there is is you know taking any opportunity to to mitigate that like why would we chastise someone for that but you know that was actually i made a meme during that uh you know what people were on twitter were calling the sleep in the van discourse and yeah. it was the change my mind one of my favorite formats you know one of my favorite meme formats and it's it says punk is still capitalism changed my mind you know 
because uh, capitalism requires these kind of like counter culture markets to you know like capitalism when when capitalism is like oh you're going to buy your vegetables from this place instead of this place or you're gonna you know like you're gonna you know go to the show and buy a record a record from a band like that still benefits the system right so there's no yeah. way there is no ethical consumption under capitalism and there's there's yeah. no way out of it and it's not, and i'm not saying that to be like to make people feel bad you know what i mean or to to be like mm -hmm. a bummer but it is like i found like I, I thought i was angry in my 20s you know and now i'm and i'm way angrier now <laughs> it's like... yeah it's it's interesting because like i think you know and of course if you're in a band and you can get the right brand of t-shirts that doesn't cause someone suffering mm -hmm. do it you know, yeah. but like if it's going to fuck up your margins and you're, you know, it's understandable. Like, yeah. like you said, I feel like every episode I say that there's no uh, ethical yeah. consumption of capitalism. And you said <laughs> yeah, it this yeah. time. Yeah. I'm reading uh, your <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so hard to get away from it. And where I've kind of thought about it and it's even hard because I'm like, oh, I shouldn't go to that grocery store because they gave money to, yeah. you know anti-trans stuff like mm -hmm. Publix yep. is a big one that gives so much but it's like where do you would you have me shop right. yeah and, <laughs> and, and where would you have me get fast food and like, that isn't hurting people exactly you know and a hundred like I I want to be clear too like I am not saying don't support your local co-op and don't oh, buy records yeah. from the band on tour and don't you know what I mean like I'm just saying like don't be deluded the way that I was and that a lot of people I know were into thinking that you are actually living outside the system and that it's it you know what I mean oh, if totally. that makes sense but no I think I think it does like it's it's not like a um I think sometimes maybe like when we say that or when I hear people say that it feels like a so since that doesn't matter I'm gonna do whatever I want right and it's like no, no keep doing you know that thing. like you should yeah you should have these little lines that you put mm -hmm. in the sand and be like you should also like you know i i don't do enough you know i don't sure. you know i i've shared many an infographic well, you know something that you know something that i think bears mentioning is that like yes we we you know if you if you see injustice you, you name it right if you see mm -hmm. inequity you name it you call it out um you call attention to it but i think that it bears mentioning that that it's like i said earlier it's always a legislative problem that the people in power the ownership class will always choose wealth over equity so there's no you know what i mean like the problem is deeply systemic it's deeply structural and and then on top of that there's like these really nefarious ways in which you know that like uh, so like um in ibram x kendi says in in his book how to be an anti-racist he says you know uh racist policy and and racism in general 
the root is is not like hatred and ignorance in people the root is self-interest and so like you know someone who desires wealth comes up with like an exploitative way to get it and then they're like well i need the people to be on my side so uh here's this racist idea right and so like the racist policy just like bolsters that self-interest and gets people to to like vote against like you know to to vote in in favor of that racist policy do you know what i mean and so like well like even like when we think about because we were kind of equating kind of the bigger system to like a band system yeah where it's like by hating on a band that gets a hotel Mm -hmm. room you're not changing anything and you're kind of becoming like something i would well i would say that i would hate you know it's like you're kind of doing the same thing where like poor people are rooting against each other right because they're still like on the lower end of you know the the food chain in terms of like a music society you know like like wednesday is not a big band right you know if we keep using them as the metric Mm -hmm. but you know and then it's like by being a band that's not doing as well hating on them that's that kind of equates itself to like when you know the idea of like well if poor people have an enemy then they won't focus on the right exactly and it's that hierarchy of value it's that and and it's what you're describing is like it's exactly possible to um to to say like i hate my situation as a band that is not making enough money but at least i'm not that band you know <laughs> like you yeah. know yeah. um at least i'm not them and it's fine to like maybe hate that nobody comes to your show yeah. or like blah 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 whatever yeah, it is it you know sucks. but it's like you can't yeah it sucks ass <laughs> like you can't use this person as a um you know as the metric of this is why i can't mm-hmm. have nice things because you know like and it doesn't sound as serious like you know that doesn't seem but if you'd use that systemically to like other things that you believe in that's really troubling to just be like you know like yeah. oh well because i paid off you know you see that stupid shit of people being like i paid off my school loans so why exactly, should you that's have the next thing i was gonna say yeah. you know because like i mean i fucking well th- thanks to my wife always making more money than me. but like i i paid off i paid off my school loans. Yeah. You know, and but I in no way and I don't deserve a gold star for this, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like because I did it, people shouldn't have that forgiven. Yeah. You know, like it, it's it's a fucked up system. And because I was able to I don't even want to say work hard. I just did, mm-hmm. you know, for some stupid reason. I have friends that just were like, I'm just not paying anymore. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. You know, but like I paid it off that why why would that it's just so yeah. mind boggling. I mean, good for like, you. I did this and I struggled. So you should have to struggle exactly. because I struggle. That is that's, the you know kind of what we're. That's exactly it, and it's that boomer mentality of like, it's, yeah. I saw a meme that I loved is throughout this whole, throughout the entirety of this pandemic. The it was uh, <laughs> it was like the generation that scooped ice cream for a living over the summer is to pay for college is telling us we can't have free university or like socialized uh educate post-secondary education yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah okay yeah you did work 
to pay for school, but you weren't like working 15 hour days at Amazon for like $17 an hour. You know what I mean? Like you scooped ice cream at like Martha's Vineyard, you know, or whatever it was, but it's like, yeah, well, and they, a lot of people, like, as we get into actual boomers, they benefited heavily from a socialized system, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, just because like work, uh, works progress administration, yep. you know, uh, my history teacher, well, I probably fucked up the term of it, but no, that's right. Those kind of <laughs> FDR things that, and then kind of like as time progressed, it's like we got further and further away from it and right. blah, blah, blah. But they were people that grew up in the 50s or early 60s were still benefiting off of a system that was put in place to like help this, uh, you know, the country recover from like, yeah. you know, fiat systems and things mm -hmm. like falling apart, you know. But it's so so it's funny to them being like, well, I only had to do this. And it's like there were like fucking GI bills yeah. and all of the stuff that existed because of like things like FDR. Oh, there's so much you know? to talk about here. <laughs> there's so yeah. much yeah and and yeah. i don't want to get you know even further from from palace but <laughs> i i do think that again it bears mentioning that like that those socialized programs those new, new deal era programs um were just the beginning and that's actually like the birth of 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 public subsidized housing and then it's also like there's like a, a really insidious history of of like racial segregation within that 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 kept that kept people of color out outside of the system of that benefited like generational wealth and so like people that benefited from that then their grandkids are are benefiting from it now yeah. um and i don't even really know how to tie that into palace but it is fucked up <laughs> well i think it's like whenever when i think about this idea of like feeling like i had to make a certain type of music mm -hmm. and i'm happy of all the music i created but i felt like you know i still love playing loud music but sometimes i felt like i can't play quieter because it's mm -hmm. like i won't be accepted within a system right oh, you know yeah. and you know to think about things like palace music and i know it led us to all these places yeah. it's just like job, this feels like this is the <laughs> this is the authentic version i know i've said that a thousand times in this uh where it's like whatever that is like go out and be that version of yourself yeah. and don't let people tell you and don't let other people tell you like you have to do it this way or yeah you suck you know right, yeah. whatever it is like like that's what's that's what's fucked up about it like if it leads you to playing like you know reggae outside a head shop and that's your authentic self yeah. go be yeah. it like it's like that's it's not inclusive to just be like you have to do it in this binary exactly and you know mm -hmm. any and, and that's why we probably pulled it into like wealth inequality and all those things that right. we kind of touched on but you know even as we get into you have to like look a certain way to be this thing mm -hmm. and you see that so much you know it's like there is a look to be in like punk yeah. there is a look to be in you know emo there is a look to be in all those things and i've i've been privy yeah to pushing that, oh for you know? and sure I, yeah and i think it it sucks yeah I, I i also I... was privy to that and and I, like i was a part of that you know very much in my 20s and i i something that i love about like gen zers uh because like i'm i'm a i'm in my second year of a of like a baccalaureate program i'm in a state university so like 
I go to school with like 18 and 19 year old kids and they're so awesome. They're so cool. And they're just like, something that I love is that like, there's no, like you'll like, they, they, they're not afraid to like really lean into uh, like trying on different hats and, and almost literally where it's like, you know, there's you don't have to no one has to dress a certain way to like and i'm sure it exists somewhere in the school but like what i see in the classrooms that i'm in it's it's really uh endearing because it's like you just like slap these looks together and and you know one day you might come to school in like this super goth outfit and the next day you're wearing like adidas track pants and crocs and and you know like a tank top it's like yeah i I love that about it like i think and it kind of only reason it bums me out is like i wish i had either myself or someone telling me that Mm -hmm. i could do that you know i could just wear the most gaudy thing i wanted to because i want to yeah i kind of like it did do that (laughs) (laughs) and i was told not to and I, I have oppositional defiance disorder. So I was like, well, fuck you. I'm going to do it. Again. You know what I mean? Like it, it's when someone tells me not to do something, it's like the first thing I'm, I'm I have to fight that really, really hard yeah. to be like, yeah. Like <laughs> when I think about people that are uh, like Gen Z people, um, I like the idea that, you know, maybe they listen to I don't know, uh, Seisha or something. Maybe mm-hmm. they do yeah. because it's easier to find than it used to. But also they don't feel like it's like it's not embarrassing to them to also like, I don't know, push a T mm-hmm. or something. You know? Yeah, I'm, I still can't even put it in. Right. Like, no, kid I, no, 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 I see, I see what you, where it's like I, I will listen to like, you know, the new Lil Nas X and I'll also listen to Algernon Cadwallader. <laughs> yeah and it's I, yeah and they don't have like any divide with that no. like and it's it's strange like i'm not completely understanding but yeah. I, I like that it is and like you know uh yeah it's just it's strange to me because it felt like if you were you were like crust kid or mm. you were this and like yeah. you know and trying to kind of like go between certain things it just felt like like growing up to me mm it felt like I was like, oh, I can sit at this table this day with like the kids that really like South Park yeah. probably way too much. <laughs> or I can sit with the skaters, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, I assume from, I don't know, maybe I'm getting all this information from TikTok, but you're getting it from actually going to college. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> that it's, there's not as much of a divide. In no, there really, that's great. It really isn't. And you know? like we were able, we were able to play one show in October, um, of last year and it was on campus it was well like right off campus it was in like a house venue called uh, Mount Aquina right off campus they just stopped doing shows but it was so nice and like it was it was really cold out um the crowd was like super like just you know across all demographics the crowd was like very diverse so there was like a lot of age difference and just like and and um it was just like but every single person at one point in the night i heard like more than 10 people it was like us and and max maxwell stern and um this band from lancaster and philly called sun not yellow who are incredible um and every single person like 
my my friend Tommy, who's like a mailman in his forties, and like the the like young kid in my so intro to sociology course is like everybody at one point in the evening or another was just like this is wonderful it's like yeah yeah Yeah, it is (laughs) that's why we're here and i think like i think that that's something about will oldham too that like he crops up in the weirdest places and like you know like i didn't know the thing that that he took the slint picture um yeah and like you know he just He's in like movies and TV shows yeah. now too. Yeah, he's, he's almost like uh, a version of like Dwight Yoakam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and he like he did a he he did a movie. He was in a movie called Old Joy that I really liked. That uh, I think Yola Tango did the whole soundtrack for. It's really and it's about these like kind of two men in their thirties who like uh, are have kind of like drifted apart, but they go on a camping trip and it's a really good movie uh and will oldham kind of plays the the like guy who's still playing music and like can't get his shit together doesn't have you know doesn't you know like just and the other guy has like you know kind of the american cultural version of success right where it's like you know uh wife and uh like i think he's married he had been married and his wife was was pregnant in the movie and then like this is kind of like their last hurrah kind of like boys weekend and they haven't seen each other in a while and it's like he's a great actor it's really really good and um did you ever see the video that he did with kanye west no it's like he's he i don't know if he directed it or what it's on youtube but like they shot a video just like it's like him and zach galifianakis i think and uh and kanye and they're just like on will oldham's farm and they're like fucking around with like the front end loader and there's like cows everywhere and it's like it was it was ah i want to say it was maybe even on a song from like late registration or something like they're like 808s and heartbreaks but Yeah, it's and it's just like, what? How did this happen? Yeah, he's just like he just feels like a dude that kind of whatever situation you put him in, he's just like an artist. Mm-hmm. Like first and foremost, yeah. he's an artist, and it's so, it's uh, this. I know that's probably what's made us like talk kind of everywhere mm-hmm. because it kind of makes you feel like, and it's. I start looking outside myself, and it almost sounds like Grateful Dead guy, where I'm like, art isn't everything, kind of thing. Yeah. But it like truly is like yeah. this is a person that like I don't have to be like this certain version to be success, you know, or even like what does success mean? Mm-hmm. You know, but this is like a guy that will create in any situation that you put him yeah. in that, you know, because I feel like it can be limiting to feel like I need to create in a certain way yeah. to be blah, you know, whatever it is. There's a there's a yeah. record that he just did. Um we were we were like super my partner and i were like it's so strange oh yeah it's so he did a record with bill callahan called blind date party and it's so wonderful and weird and like and it's the same like it's it's i think you're exactly right you drop him into any situation and he will create something wonderful 
out of the tools that he's given to work with. And I think with, with Palace, it's like there, there isn't a ton of instrumentation on that record. You know what I mean? It feels, the Viva Last Blues feels really, really live. Um, and there are these just like wild crescendos all over the place where like in, um, in Work Hard, Play Hard, you know, all of a sudden here's this like, it's like if this record had a single, this is it. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. they weren't thinking about that when they wrote it. They weren't thinking about that when they recorded it. And then like the um, Cats Blues, that song, there are notes that he hits on that when he's singing. Like, it, it's the way this record crescendos and then goes all the way back down into these, like that song goes into We All Us Three Will Rot. And so it's these like kind of huge peaks and valleys. And then it's so much of his personality in it. I think he just like, he's one of those people where it's like, he couldn't make something that didn't sound like him. Yeah. You know, even if he made like a, like a metal record, you know, <laughs> like yeah. it would sound. Yeah. Isn't like the, I think Super Wolves is like kind of heavier mm-hmm. or at least louder. Yeah. And it's like, he can't help. Yeah. But be himself yeah. in whatever situation you put him yeah. in. Yeah. And he's got this kind of like cosmic goof kind of vibe that I, I really love, where he's like always kind of, it's like he's kind of smirking a little mm-hmm. bit when you're not looking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, like... that is like something that kind of makes it so like less self serious because this is i mean a very serious record but it you know to to mention him just as a contrast you know uh the red house painter mm-hmm. guy you know like mark koslick it's like yeah you know it feels like a bit in a way that gets kind of exhausting as much as you know i like his music with everything mm-hmm. we could load up on it about him but in terms of you know it, there it takes himself so less serious yeah. like and that's it's refreshing but it also doesn't feel like you have to like sit in his humor too much, right. you know? Yeah. You know, like it's it nothing nothing feels like cute, but it also feels like quirky in like the best mm-hmm. authentic way. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's you know, I was trying to think about this record objectively and and when we chose it. That's it's a hard thing. I think it's a hard thing to choose even three records that you would want to talk about for a long time you know what i mean (laughs) or like really unpack like there are certainly other records that that like even stylistically you know what i mean influenced me more um than this one did but i think this one instilled in me the value of of like like shooting from the hip a little bit and kind of just not over preparing and being authentic and um not taking it too seriously even when it is like deeply serious like you were saying mm-hmm. and it is it, it, just such a special piece of music and a special collection of songs where it's like they're all a little different too you know like i'm looking at the track listing now and i'm like oh how did we not talk about new partner you know <laughs> it's like the love song and it's one of like i used to play that song at acoustic sets you know if i would play 
on my own sometimes i would play that one and i don't know that that like there's a palace song or just any will oldham song that i would want to cover like with a full band you know especially a song from this record because like trying to play like you know when you hear people play the grateful dead and it's like too good or like too not too good but like too rehearsed Mm -hmm. and it's like that's not what this was about (laughs) yeah even in like a weird thing where it feels like it should just 100 percent be a cover like every cover band should do it and they probably do like when i hear people cover sultans of swing by dire straits Mm -hmm. it's like there is so much you're missing Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying i could nail it but it's like there's so much personality yeah that you will never be able to capture yeah that makes it impossible to do yeah you know in that way grateful dad definitely has that like Mm -hmm. so much because if you took everything they did and kind of make it right then you're just yeah like Like if i don't even (laughs) want to say it's it's fish because i i don't know enough but you know it's it's hard to kind of like yeah those versions of even I, like when you think I back think that's people accurate doing like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh you see how far i've gone to this thing because in a couple of years ago i would have just been like oh then it sounds like fish and i would have been comfortable with that but mm-hmm. i don't know because i've had people being like nah you should check out this one album yeah you know and i haven't really spent the time yeah. with it so they could be right yeah you know but like <laughs> You know, but it's like when you hear people even cover Black Flag, it's like yeah. there's some information lost that's like you just can't be them. So this as fun as it'll be and you love to hear it, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, even Grateful Dead songs, like I'd love to hear people do versions of it, but they're never going to really do it right. Right. You know, yeah. like palace music, like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's really I think it, it would it's just this uncapturable thing this this like spark that they have this like and this almost that it's like here's this photograph that steve albini took of palace music and you're never going to be able to recreate that it's like it's and not even like you know like i guess you could like try you know i'm sure someone could prove me wrong and do like a really great arrangement you know like like johnny cash's version of i see a darkness is incredible but he's fucking johnny cash you know what i mean like yeah could you imagine being will oldham (laughs) and and then like getting that call yeah johnny cash is gonna cover one of your songs for this uh this series of records he's doing and you're like okay shut up (laughs) yeah but yeah because like when he does it it's then a johnny cash song Mm -hmm. you know and what's interesting is i would implore anyone to listen to will's version of it like it's they're so different Mm -hmm. in like such good ways like i've gone back and listened to like kind of a lot of people's versions of the song they gave on those records um and a lot of times you know they don't kind of have that kind of spark yeah his his does you know like uh, there's like a sting song on one of them oh like, yeah hang my head is a sting yeah. song and it's like you don't really need the sting version like no. there's so much like personality mm-hmm. in the johnny cash version that uh, i forgot that was a sting song 
<laughs> which yeah. that's what's wild yeah. like you know there's so many things like that but like i didn't realize till yeah the other day it being a you know that was a cover yeah you know most of them are covers from that type of thing uh-huh. i didn't know it was well yeah that american you know? series that he did like right before he died yeah. and then he just and his voice sounds so wild on that record too like that that for that one that because the um i see a darkness is the second track on that record yeah. and the first track it's not even on streaming no that no so. it's like american That's, four yeah. i think and um yeah and it's like the first track is i won't back down and he sings it with tom petty and it's like what the fuck like and those are the only two people on the whole record that he was like yeah you come and sing it with me yeah tom petty and will Aldo. (laughs) yeah (sighs) what's what's wild about this conversation too is i feel like it's like i had like notes where i was like oh i want to like you know it's like i want to talk about like 94 and like thin lips Mm -hmm. and you're glad and every win and uh earth telephone but it's like you know, I would implore people to just listen to them, even like 94, you know, there's, I feel like we could talk for like hours and hours <laughs> about, and there's so much of what I'm saying to anyone listening. is like, there's so much stuff about you that I would have wanted to touch on for people to listen. But if you, if you just got to start with like any of those bands that I mentioned, do that. Well, so, you. I'm, you know, done, done speaking to the listener. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. you know, I mentioned a bunch, like I could talk forever, yeah. uh, yeah. with you. So I, so I guess like, as I let you go, like, what do you have coming up? I know you've mentioned, you know, the earth telephone record, if you want to go more into that. Yeah. Um, so we've been working on this record, like I said, since October of 2019 with Evan Bernard and, and Chris Baglevo from the super weeks. Um, they're so great to work with and really like the dynamic of this band is funny because it's like, all right, you know, I write these little songs. Eric writes songs too, but um, you know, I bring them to the group and then I kind of like, once we got, once I got through my tracking, I was like, all right, it's in your hands now, Eric. And he has made it into this thing that I could not possibly imagine when I when I wrote these songs or even heard his early versions of his songs and into something that I could not possibly begin to describe to you. <laughs> it's a wild sounding record. We're we're really proud of what we've been doing and it's close to being done. Um, I'm also I played I went to Philly and played guitar on uh, my friend Jer's band Crash Nebula's record. And they're a, a great songwriter. Um, I'm really excited about what we did there. It sounds kind of like early, early kind of death cab. Like we have the facts and we're voting yes and and photo album era death cab, which was really fun to to do kind of shoot for, aim for like sonically, you know, um, that kind of cleaner guitar tone. And like, um, it was really fun to do. But yeah, I've just been kind of, when I'm in school, when the semester's on, like, this is my first, I, I slept till noon today. Because <laughs> I'm like, this is, the semester ended for me on Friday of last week. And so, like, starting Monday, I was like, oh, what do I do? 
you know, like I certainly have so much to do, but I'm just like trying to ease into that because I haven't stopped for more than two weeks since I started school, um, like two weeks in a clip. So it, it'll be nice to kind of like, you know, get together with the band and, and like literally dust off my guitars, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um yeah i i'm just really excited to to put this earth telephone record out and this this uh crash nebula record out into the world and and let people hear it yeah and do you think uh we'll be we'd be able to hear both of them kind of soon it's always such like a precarious position especially now where like i said every time we kind of like try to do something like we were we had a little bit of momentum going earth telephone did um before the like before the pandemic started and then that all just got clipped and now you're I, what you're seeing i think is like kind of all of the a market bands clamoring for for shows and and you know the the promoters are more than happy to oblige so and that's that's not that's you know of course they are everybody's hurting yeah. you know like uh that wasn't a dig uh but it it is it has been kind of difficult to find you know like they're like the lineups that we're seeing now are like absolutely insane you know like i there's yeah. not a lot of room for like local openers or or kind of like as much room for like lesser known support um but and and crash nebula we played one we played our first show in february of 2020 in a basement in west wow. philly and then and it went so well <laughs> it was so much fun um and it was it was jer and myself and uh, allegra anka who plays bass in earth telephone with us and um and kobe from the obsessives and it was just like playing drums and it was like a wonderful time and and then we were like yeah all right oh <laughs> it's just like yeah okay well and we literally like we were supposed to record that record um in like april of that year and we just tracked it in philly and it's just like what happened it still kind of feels like it simultaneously feels like it's been a hundred years and one minute you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, you're yeah. I mean, I know everyone. I think there was something I was telling someone recently. Um, as much as like everything feels like we're kind of getting back in the swing of it, mm -hmm. I feel like there's so much that we haven't like uncovered about like the trauma of it yeah. all that kind of even it's like you almost have to move forward as a society, mm -hmm. but we're not really addressing yeah. what just happened. Yeah, and you know, well, and giving ourselves even like the patience and the space to be like yeah. like if you totally just wrote zero songs in the last two years yeah i didn't like give yourself <laughs> you know a, really all i did uh, there's a bunch of stuff i played around with but there was so much stuff that i had already written that i'm still kind of going through yeah where uh, what i'm saying is like it's just give yourself a break yeah. you know anybody yeah. you know you chris or <laughs> thank Jim, you yeah or someone you know i'm giving you permission thank you but, i appreciate you know, it uh, I, you know, I'm the kind of person definitely who needs permission, you know, okay. like a, well, like, like an emotional, emotional, uh, like a self-love vampire, you know, um, 
but yeah, no, that, I mean, that's really, it's a, an important thing to acknowledge that it's like, you know, we, we do go about our day to day, like it's normal now. And it, you have to sometimes stop when you're like, why do I feel this way? And you're like, yeah. oh, right. We are collectively, globally experiencing deep trauma at all times. <laughs> yeah. Like, we got to unpack this, fam. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I super appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. I could talk to you forever. We haven't Same. caught up in way too long. Um, you know, and I miss you a lot. Yeah, so I miss you too. I see you soon. Yeah, same, yeah. same. Yeah, and thank you for for having me on. This was really fun. Welcome back. Thanks again to Chris for coming on the pod. It's always a great time catching up. Please check out all of Chris's projects. That's new music by Earth Telephone, hopefully very soon, and hopefully new music by Everyone. And check out the new Bad Heaven Limited record chris played on that too okay next time on the pod we're talking with eric garlington of the band proper we talked about kanye west's 2005 album late registration so tune in next week once again check out our patreon that's patreon.com slash spinning out pod and don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram at spinning out pod lastly please rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever that's the thing reviews seriously help Thanks as always to Sarah Blumenthal for editing the pod and Pretty Maddie for the theme. Okay, see you next week.